Hello, folks. It's uh, been quite a while, as I mentioned in that post, but going to try to do another podcast. This one's going to be a solo one. So, less banter. Less laughs, probably, unless I particularly amuse myself, but that feels a little bit narcissistic. Um, I think last time I did a solo podcast was... I think in November, December of last year, or if not, then I think maybe sooner, like last summer, middle of COVID. Um, But yeah, last time I think I had like a script or something, or at least like notes jotted down of what I wanted to talk about. Um, But I don't have that this time. I don't even have like a recap or anything. Um, I asked for questions for the podcast on forums and i've gotten quite a few um shout out to prout for asking maybe like 10 to 15 questions single-handedly so um i don't have to prepare anything i'm just gonna go down the list of the questions and uh, how i got them earlier today um so yeah i also have no idea what to name this podcast so if you're listening provide some ideas um, I initially flitted with the idea of like the Sparkcast, kind of like how Boot has the Bootcast, but that feels kind of like ripping off his creativeness or creativity. So if you have any ideas for what I should name these solo podcasts, because that's probably what I'm going to be doing moving forward, um, or maybe even just some kind of podcast name in case if I do have guests on at some point in the future. So, first question is from Vat, and it is, what was your first thought when you heard about the VHLE? I think that it's important, especially in sim leagues, to not make those kind of first thoughts that you would typically have. Um, I think when it happened, I was out somewhere, and then I think someone in Moscow was tagging me, um, like, saying something about a third league um or like something all about like one league or whatever it was and obviously i was out not really paying attention um but looked at the announcement real quick saw like full league expansion was like oh cool closed it went on with whatever i was doing um like came back to it later that night but we've kind of um known for a little bit gms i suppose like vhl gms that some kind of change was coming to the league structure. Um, I had thought that it would involve changing of M caps, um, which I suppose it, that that is what happened. Although they did go down, I was expecting them to go up towards like the 300, 350 range. Um, but they basically did that. They took the VHL M cap, dropped it to, dropped it to 200 but the number of players that are typically stuck between the m and the vhl that typically need like another season or two to actually hit like a vhl competent tpe level because if you're coming into the vhl at like 250 tpe flat like 250 to 300 tpe you're not going to be very effective at all unless you're on a rebuilding team but even those rebuilding teams like roster spots are pretty limited um and like on contending teams where the roster spots are there 
there just isn't the cap. So that's why there was the initial stuff about inactives, a little bit of a change to the cap. Um, I actually really like that change to the cap. Um, Moscow has been taking full advantage of it, but that's 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 a different thing. I think that might be a later question. Um, but yeah, I was just excited to see the VHLE become a thing. Because, um, you know, it's it's a nice change. We're going to... It's it's going to take a couple of seasons to see exactly how it's going to work. Um, and, like, how much of an impact it's going to have. I know people were already speculating on how to potentially skip the M completely or skip the VHLE completely. We've had some polls recently about what the teams are going to be. So, as I said earlier, like, first thoughts are not really accurate. You should try to avoid having those, like, impulsive thoughts um oh this is my definitive opinion on something i think just generally in life that's not what you want to be doing always want to like look into stuff a little bit more so looking into it i think it's a pretty cool idea um i know i had questions about how it would impact appreciation and all that kind of stuff but they've answered them pretty nicely um you know at this point, it's just going to be something to be excited about to see how it goes into effect. Thank you, Vat. Uh, Ledge is up next. Uh, and then before he went into his line of Canadians um, hype, he asked, why am I your favorite member? And he spelled it with a U. Um, goddamn Canadians. Location Jumanji. This guy, what a kid. Okay. Um, why am I your favorite member from Ledge? Um, I don't think you have any case of being my favorite member. Um, I don't think anyone would even be able to guess who my favorite member is. Um, I know there's going to be plenty of people who are going to come out and be like, oh yeah, it's easily me, but if if you have to... If you claim that you are my favorite member, you are not my favorite member. So I suppose I'll leave it at that. Next question from Juice. Thoughts on Jerry's future for the pens? Okay, so this isn't really VHL related, but um, <clears throat> I'll answer anyway after I have a sip of water. That's right. You're getting completely raw, unedited footage. Hope you didn't pick up on my slurps. <clears throat> uh, but yeah, I mean, I think just overall, like any Penguins player, staff member who's part of the organization, like even management, like no one's jobs are really safe. Um, cause that, that's just sort of what happens when you bring in a new general manager and, and, um, and in Brian Burke's case, president of hockey operations, they could change up the coaching staff. They could change scouting personnel. I think um, I think they already replaced who the um, director of scouting was. Like they they brought in the old Philly scouting director, and I mean they they brought in some pretty good players. They they drafted some pretty good players under um, I don't even know what the dude's name is. The old Flyers GM, who's our GM now, Pens. 
Jan Ron Hextall. Yeah. So so Hextall hired his old director of scouting to to uh, come into the Penguins. So you know, there's there's always going to be change. Jari could be the goalie of the future. Um, I think that people will really see exactly what the organization thinks of him when the expansion lists start getting um, like revealed. Because I think like you have to protect one goalie, and both DeSmith and Jari are eligible. So it's just gonna be interesting to see you know which one they protect. I think Jari's a little younger, a um, little better like measurables, but you know DeSmith definitely outperformed him at times. But you know then there's always that that kind of thought process of like this is the exact same thing that the Penguins have done twice already, right? Like. Um, they got rid of Flurry because Murray was outperforming him. Murray didn't turn out great. Then Murray was sent over to Ottawa because Jari was outperforming him. Didn't turn out fantastic. But I mean, I don't know. Flurry, people like to remind me that Flurry's playing out of his mind. Um, like he's he's definitely a very solid goaltender. He was always a very solid goaltender even when he was with the pens but you know it was just the inconsistencies that you know lost us some playoff series like playoff flurry used to be a meme um i mean playoff murray was was a beast regular season murray was was pretty bad and then even postseason murray was kind of meeting those same standards you know really anything can happen um I think Jari can be a very good goalie. I just don't think he was prepared for playoff hockey. I think that might have been like his one of his first uh, playoff starts. I don't. I don't think he had started many games before. So I don't know. Maybe maybe he'll be their goalie of the future. McWolf asks, "Why is it a bad idea to invite McWolf on the podcast?" Um. I actually think it would be really fun to have McWolf on on the podcast. Um, I think the only issue that I suppose directly answering McWolf's question would be the accent. I think I saw him saying that he has a really thick French-Canadian accent. Um, And especially because I don't edit stuff, I'm pretty sure that you would just get a whole bunch of, huh? Can you say that again? What? I'm sorry. One more time? And just like a bunch of stuff like that, because I'm gonna have no idea what he's saying. So, McWolf, that's why it would be a bad idea. But a good idea would be a very veteran user has had a couple of players now is also a GM. Um, you know, just very different perspectives and just being in like different locker rooms from someone else, like someone who also has had like plenty of league jobs, MGM, Fantasy Zone Manager before. VHL GM, like we've got a lot of similar things to talk about, but also very different experiences. So could be a very good person to have on have on the podcast, but bad idea would definitely be the accent. <clears throat> Ledge said, who's gonna win game seven tomorrow night? I'm gonna give everyone the answer that I said on forums. I do not give a fuck. Literally do not care. Canadian hockey. Like Whoever even makes it out of that division, I I wish them the the best of luck. Like 
you're probably going to be either going against the Bruins, who will destroy you, or the Islanders, who will just play in the neutral zone the entire time and not let you score at all. So <clears throat> I don't I don't think Canadian teams <clears throat> not used to talking. I don't think any any Canadian teams gonna gonna win the Stanley Cup. Which as they pointed out to Ledge, they haven't won since nineteen ninety three, so maybe maybe this is like their Stanley Cup playoffs, Leafs versus Habs. Back to McWolf. Who makes the playoffs this season in the VHL? Um, I'm going to drink some water again real quick. All right. Oh, no, my voice is still shot. Okay, a little better now. All right, so standings in the VHL. So pretty interesting. I mean, looking at it, it's... Almost ex- like very similar to how the standings were last season. Um, you know, Warsaw towards the top. Um, obviously, like Helsinki was a little further up, but Prague and London were were two of the playoff teams there. Um, and then, or basically, top four and bottom four is in the EU are about the same. So, I think you're probably going to see the same thing. Um, you know, Warsaw, Prague, gonna gonna slide in um, pretty easily. London as well. I literally cannot talk. My voice is like failing me as I continue speaking. Um, I think Helsinki should make it as well. God, I don't even remember if it's five teams that make it. Six teams. One, two, three, four, five. Pretty sure it's five. Right? Sure, five. Yeah, so if it's five, pretty sure it's five. Um, I think the only team you can rule out in the EU is probably Davos, unless they go on a on like a weird um, winning spree. But, you know... They've got the second worst goal differential in the league, like just three, three higher than Vancouver, and Vancouver is easily the worst team in the league this season. So I don't think Davos is really going to sniff it. Um, Riga is just having another one of those really, really odd seasons. Um, and then I think it'll be up to Moscow and Malmo to you know battle out for it. And Moscow's had some pretty good wins. Um, as as GM and and I know like the players as well on the team have been have been watching pretty closely. Like uh, last four run a four game win streak, which has had a win over Davos, Riga shutout, uh, um, beat the Star, lost by one goal in regular time to Warsaw, and then beat them in overtime in the. Um, I don't think we've gotten blown out. All right, so you're probably going to have a little bit of a weird break in there. The bot just decided to stop recording and disconnect. So uh, I believe I was just talking about uh, how Moscow was doing. Um, winners of like a, like the last four games in a row. So it'll be up to Moscow and Malmo really to battle it out for the last playoff spot in EU.
North American side, um, I mean, top two look decently entrenched, but even like, you know, it's only like a six point margin, like three games separating second and third. So, and then third to like seventh is really only like a five point gap. So, division's pretty close. I don't think anyone really expected LA and Toronto to be on the outside looking in, especially having very strong seasons last season. But teams like DC and Calgary have found a way to make it up there. Um, and I know like a lot of people say that, you know, it is a stronger conference, but looking at like, for example, just like goal differential alone, Calgary and LA both have like a, a zero in goal differential and their records are about break even. Um, you know, like New York, Toronto, DC, um, New York and DC, which are playoff teams, like negative five and negative 15. Like, negative five is third place in the NA. So, definitely not, like, the strongest conference this season, but it's tight enough that they're all pretty equivalent in skill. Uh, or, it is a very tight conference, but I'm not sure if they're as skilled as they once were. But perhaps, you know, having LA and Toronto not even in, like, the playoff picture right now shows how deep the conference is. I know Calgary wasn't content to rebuild for I suppose a second season. I know Ricer wanted to win, so they got a playoff spot. So there's that. Alright. Next question. Jake uh has thoughts on Ligma. Ligma balls. Anyways. Okay, now Prout had a bunch of really good questions and he posted like two different parts of them. Okay, so first part, what's the biggest change from a MGM to a VHL GM? Um I think that like if you really know anything about like the jobs themselves, like you would kind of expect like what the big differences are. Um as an MGM, obviously you're really not focusing on on wins much um while they're nice what you're really trying to do is just educate um you want to educate you want to retain you want to engage which is basically like, like the three big things like engage retain develop so winning obviously helps engage people helps retain people keep them around but even like developing players also helps you like engage those players as well just because they're winning they're excited they're putting up points but your end goal really is not to be winning cups and while it's pretty easy to get distracted by that you know notion of like hey i'm gonna win a cup i'm gonna get like general manager of the year like at the end of the day, it's really just about developing players. Um, and as a VHL GM, you know, you're a bit more free to make like complete management decisions. Obviously, everyone has expectations for VHL teams to be good at, at, at some point. If you're not winning enough, you become a meme, um, the butt of jokes and all that. And well, like, you know, they're amusing for a time. No one ever really wants to be stuck in the basement for a while. So 
it's it's really all about setting up teams and in like the best position to win. Like when I took over Moscow, like they just had a fantastic period of success, and a lot of that was credited to Victor, and rightfully so. But then, like when I'm coming in now, when Davis had already asked, or Josh had already asked for Davis to be traded to LA to fit with their contending window, um, we were losing like a top defenseman. Um, we had like two of two of our top players retire, and like Telker. Um, and then Ricer retired Chris Rice, so we lost a massive piece of like forward depth right there. Um, so losing like you know you're like one B center, uh, like top defenseman, um, and then you know only having like one season left of Latin in. Ton was also only going to play like two more seasons. Latang only had like two more seasons as well, or three more seasons as well. Um, at that point, it was just like you know, let's let's just not be in the middle. I, I think like a like a Pacers GM for basketball said this recently. Like, we want to be all the way in or all the way out. So we committed to being all the way out. Um, pick up some more pieces, and like like that's something that that we can easily do and continue to have fun in a in a locker room. But in like that sense you know we were just planning for the future and that's not really something you do so much in the m i know you do like a little bit of it like drafting some lower tpe players to potentially go on a run in the future but then you have a higher emphasis on like developing those players like you really need to make sure that you're giving them the appropriate amount of time and all that kind of stuff so that was just some some changes um perhaps next question what's been your biggest challenge as moscow's gm um i think biggest challenge is probably just like adjusting to vhl or gming um i know it's like pretty vague but it's like really small stuff like i missed the rule or whatever that said uh, bonuses have to be paid out before like the regular season starts so i'd paid out like one bonus to orbiting death last season uh and then was like gonna wait until like mid season or something to pay up bonuses until like after the the trade deadline, which then I found out you cannot do. So I just sat on a bunch of cap space that I never used. Um, then like trade values, like a lot of the few trades that I was making at first, um, you know, was talking to folks like Victor, um, other folks around like Moscow's, um advisory board just to be like what are your thoughts on this like is this even remotely fair value like what am i really looking for here so just kind of like adjusting to you know how like values change because in the am like a high-end player if you were selling like mid-season wouldn't even merit you a first because they were rentals no one wanted to pay a first for a rental but like when you've got these premier players, like when you're trading Rock Davis away, like Josh was like from from like the start of the negotiations, he knew that he'd have to give up a first. So there was definitely like there's understandings of like what certain values are gonna be and people are ready to pay for it. Um what position do you plan on recreating? I've thought about this a lot. And I know that it's going to be like relatively big. 
um, just because of like earning and all that um, would be like a pretty hopefully decent uh, player at that position. But I genuinely do not know yet. Um, I've flitted a lot with uh, potentially being goalie, um, maybe going a winger and, and trying to focus a lot on goals maybe recreating as a defenseman to try to improve on, you know, some of the stuff that I've kind of learned over the past, um, like six and a half seasons with Latang or seven and a half, if you include that first end season and just try to, you know, build a better defenseman, try to end up in like more favorable situations to making the, the hall of fame and all that. So Still un- still undecided, but luckily I still have, I think, like another season and change before I really have to make that decision. Uh, next question is, how are you? Life okay? Yeah, I mean, I'm doing all right. Um, I'm home again from the end of my semester. Um, life's chilling. Um, I think like the biggest thing that's been nice is almost everyone here, like in my... Uh, friend circles, neighbors have all been like fully vaccinated. So we've been able to have like a couple of grad parties with like some close friends where we've been able to, you know, like be inside a house together, like sit around like a dining table and chat while like drinking wine. Um, and it's just something like, you know, you take for granted when you're doing it other times, but after like a year and a half of COVID or a year and change of COVID, like you just appreciate it a lot more. So that's been nice to, to do recently and like visit some friends that, you know, haven't been able to see some friends and family. So that's, that's what's going on right now. It's nice. Um, what's been the most memorable moment in your time so far in the VHL? Um, I think probably winning the album back. Uh, I think in like 72 or, or, or 73, 73, um, you know, album was a guy who's really well respected around the, the community. And they, they chose that name for the award for someone who had made strong, positive impacts to the community. So um, being nominated for that award and just like my second or third season in the league was was very surprising and then even like winning it was was really cool um which i suppose is you know just just a testament of like even though it's just like a sim league even though it's not really like legitimate thing with any real like tangible um like impact like nothing truly Special is going to come out of like VHL scores. Like the relationships that you can have on people are still meaningful and important. So um, people will always try to downplay that or like trolls or just like uh, like like shit on you for whatever reason. But, you know, just appreciating, like, the stuff that you've done before and then the people who will continue to appreciate you and then just doing stuff for them, like, that's that's what I try to focus on. Um, but, yeah, winning the Elmebeck was probably the most memorable. 
I think a very close second as some of the Moscow folks are going to enjoy is uh, getting ejected in Game 7 of the Conference Finals for Spearing. And I shall move on. That was that was a horrible time. Do you feel Discord users have more advantage in update the same in draft time over somebody that updates and stays more or purely in forums? Uh, okay, so I think the question is basically, do you think Discord users who update the same as a forum-only user has an advantage? And I think for sure, yeah. Um, I we we have forum only users on on Moscow. I think like the most prominent of that is Gritty. Um, and it's like again, we don't really have like much difficulty in the communication. I know Gritty and I have like a run have like an open DM uh, like message thread going that whenever he has anything for like hockey GM, he'll like send me a message, or if he needs something, like he'll send me like a DM in that thread and then I'll try to get back to him as quickly as possible. But I mean, I get push notifications for discord. So if I get like a, like a DM, like I'm just chilling on the couch or something like watching TikToks on my phone, like I can head over on like discord and like immediately reply really quickly or like direct them to someone who can better answer their, their question. Um, discord users are just, generally easier to communicate with um most of the locker room activity happens on discord so just having draftees who you know are in the same personality wise like there's no red flags um like either of the users like honestly yeah i would i would probably have to put the discord user at a bit more of an advantage uh next question why the hell did you pick me in fantasy zone you bum <laughs> okay so looking at the vhl or vhfl spreadsheet let's actually check this real quick i i haven't uh looked at an update recently uh, da, da, da. okay cowboy prout is the number one skater in fantasy at 108.2 points there are only two skaters who have cracked 100 total fantasy points and that is cowboy prout and randy marsh i made a fantastic pick selecting you dude a fantastic pick um my other picks have been have been not so fantastic Onde sandstrom was a great pick very proud of that one. Uh, SS Hornet has dipped a significant amount. And uh, even Maddie Sox isn't even that great of a defenseman. Probably should have picked like Markinson or, or like Tristan from uh, Moscow. But I mean, overall, like I think my fantasy team is, is still doing well. Let me run this macro real quick. Yeah, still easily holding first place in my group, 481 points. Uh, compared to second place of 474, third place of 454. And it's honestly a very, very tight group, uh, or strong group. Um, me, Animal, Victor, Eno, Jubo, Guy, Koku. Um, so apart from, like, Gaiko, 
Um, <laughs> gotta go. Um, you know, there's four current or former VHL GMs. Animal is also a very tenured league member, and even Gai Koku uh, um, is a pretty active member of this um, league. So, very strong group. Happy to be in first. Uh, next question. Anything stand out in the E that you think could be changed or have anything you'd like to see added or taken away with this new idea? Um, I mean, as of as of right now, like as I mentioned earlier, like I I kind of hope that the that the caps for leagues would would change, and I had a feeling that depreciation would need to be changed in like some way as well. So I'm glad that that's happened. Um, I'm I'm just genuinely curious. So so like the the biggest thing that I'm that I'm curious to see now is, um. You're gonna see higher TPE for 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 players on average, um, in in the VHL. So what the problem that people were complaining about now is that 250 TPE rookies barely make it out of the M, you know, and now they're they're playing in the VHL against a whole bunch of like. 600 700 800 900 plus tpa tpa not tp tpa players those 250 tpa um or even like tpe rookies are are gonna struggle significantly so now you're adding a third league there in the mix so you're dropping the m cap to 200 now you've got 200 to 399 with the option to go up if you're at 350 I feel like all that's really happening there is you're changing what was the old 250 now to 399 because everything's just going to scale up linear, like in a linear fashion. Before, like it may have used to be in like 700, 800, 900 TPA was like the higher end stuff. Now, when you get an extra season, you know, you're adding a little more TPA, maybe say for the sake of depreciation because more TPA you apply harder depreciation is going to hit. I think um, Latang, I've only kept him. Like, I, I don't think his build has been above 900 TPA ever, just for depreciation purposes. Yeah, so his build's around, like, 858 TPA. Perhaps I would be able to take him up to, um, like, 900, 910, 920 TPA, which means that I could have a little more checking, a little more discipline. Instead of having skating at 95, could have it at 99. Instead of having strength at 78, could have it up to 80, 85. Um, and then I could still have puck handling, scoring, defense all at 99s and, you know, that kind of stuff. So I know that, that like, your individual ratings somewhat of, like, affect, like, your overall, if you're looking at it in the Sims. And I think, like, the scale is still going to be kind of funky in the sense that, like, what was 250 is now just 400. Um, sure, you're a little higher level, but I'm just curious to know whether it's actually going to make some kind of significant rookie change in terms of scoring. Because we've seen, we've seen rookies in, like, in the past, um, especially during the four team expansion when you were adding, um, like Warsaw, London, Chicago, LA, you saw like the rookies on those teams put up like almost point per game or better than point per game numbers because, you know, um, most used active on like a really bad team, they get really good 
uh, stats. So their stats are definitely going to be like a bit inflated. Like when you're looking at Hall of Fame purposes, like anyone who started their career like S72, S73, or sorry, S73 on like an expansion team, like I guarantee, like if they were selected in like the first or second rounds and they were active, they're going to be over point per game for their career, which is typically only reserved for like really good players. But that's just like the the kind of stuff that happens. Um, so like when you have like these 400 TPA folks coming in, I I I really don't know if there's going to be that much of a huge difference from when they were like 250, 300. But realistically, like if the cap to come out is 399, you're going to see skaters come out around maybe like 450, maybe 500, depending on how much they can earn um, in that one season. But Actually, no, probably not because it's 200 MCAP creates. So if people can hit around like 260, 270, uh, then people think that they can hit the 350. So about like another 100 TPA, like around 380, 380, 390. Yeah, so so I guess like the, the 399 range, like 350 to 399 is really what what someone might earn by like their second season unless you're like really high high quality that you might be at like 400 plus like 450 or something i don't know little little sketchy or whatever um or like math is unsure of but yeah i'm not that's like the one thing that I'm not completely convinced about um, that I suppose time is just going to have to determine. Uh, nobody says you ran out of PT claims. Yeah, right. I actually have. I have run out of PT claims. Um, I had two off-season PTs. Each were a thousand words. Those were four weeks. Then I claimed two weeks of the VSN stuff, or maybe one of them I haven't claimed the week of, but either way, this was in in the makings. Pro asks, where's podcast? Here it is. And then a bunch more questions from Pro. Do you think dogs are better than cats? I'm actually terrified of dogs. Um, I've been bitten a couple of times, so I I, I really am not the biggest fan of dogs. So I do not think dogs are better than cats. Um, I'm gonna skip this 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 question and I'll and I'll save it for, for the end because it's a it's a it's a pretty funny question. I'd like to end on it. Um, okay, so the next one after that, any ex- any expectations you've hit as a GM for Moscow or had set out um, any set in place for next season? I mean, the expectation as a GM has always just been like operate with a plan, try to stick to that plan. Um, so the plan, as soon as like I was taking over, was you know we have to rebuild, and luckily Victor had already started off on that process. Mm-hmm. Man, I'm tired. It's like two a.m. But yeah. Um, I like talked to Victor even before like we knew who the GM was going to be, and I was like, "We should really consider selling. We don't have the the depth that we wanted that we once did." So we started selling, but then it's it's very important that when you sell assets, you have to use those assets well. Um, like people hype up a lot, like you know, 
just making trades for the sake of making trades or like seeing trades, but like what you do with those pieces is really, really, really crucial. Um, like like Davos for a while had like a decent amount of like top picks, but they either go inactive. Like I know Joe Exotic in my class was like the eighth overall pick or something, or like tenth overall or somewhere in my area. He went inactive. So really being able to utilize those assets that you get in return when you're when you're rebuilding or tanking or however you want to call it, like how you spend those assets is really important. So so far, I think Moscow's in a pretty good place. Um, we've got a very strong first line. We've got some good pieces for our second line. Um, some young defensemen, a couple of promising goaltenders. So um we also still have like a decent amount of assets left in the cover like a first and like two seconds next season like a first and then third and fourth and like a sadie so still have plenty of assets to make moves if we need to plenty of prospects as well um that i'm really excited about hopefully some of them can develop into being some mainstays on our roster but those are just mainly the goal for next season um you know, just continuing to take steps on on the rebuild. I know that internally we have some like markers set that we want to kind of hit. Um, I know I have markers set for where I want to be hitting on like this rebuild timeline. So uh, we'll just be aiming to hit those, and then I can decide whether it's like whether I've met those expectations or not. Um. Have you heard of Ricer's nasty-ass hot dog addiction? Do you think it's too late to save the fat fuck? Um, I've not heard about his hot dog addiction. Um, Curious to know what that is. Reply in a comment whenever I post this podcast what that is. Um, I don't mind hot dogs. Like, if we have hot dogs and if I'm ever grilling, like, I'll pull them out of the fridge and I'll cook them or, like, grill them a bit. So I really like hot dogs, but if, like, you're doing... I know, like, my, my roommate this this past year um, was, like, they're already cooked, so he would just, like, pull them out of the pack and just gobble them. And I thought that was the weirdest thing. I, d- I did not like that at all. I, I always have to, like, heat up hot dogs in some way, like, either boil them or grill them or, like, I don't know, put them on, like, a pan at least with, like, some water and make them hot and not just like a slimy meat stick hopefully it is not too late to save him uh what do you what do you think sths has the most laughs about when it comes to vhl and the jokes it plays on us uh man i think it's just like sths does whatever it wants like i'm sure uh, or okay taking a step back shs is just rng random number ge- generations right like you take in a couple things it spits something else out there's a decent degree of randomness especially in like the version that we use like some of the strats don't work fully as intended there's a lot of discussion debate about that um but like at the end of the day like we all have very set preconceived notions and even i'm very prone to falling in them as well like you see it sorry you see a team with a lot of high tpa high tpa players you think that they're going to be really good that's just kind of how you expect stuff to be um 
And I think it was like S74 or something, and you see like a brand new expansion team, or in like S74 or like S75, like an expansion team that does not have a TPA edge over literally anyone. Um, sweep a couple teams and like make like conference finals while like other really talented teams got sent home early. Like, you know, it's, it's just very surprising to see. Um, so like that kind of stuff, like STHS again, at the end of the day is just spitting out whatever random numbers it, it feels like with slight waiting on like, you know, players that are, that are better, but you know, if, say, like, Riga has, like, a 60% chance to win, like, all of their games in, like, the EU conference just because they have a stronger roster than, like, Malmo, Moscow, Davos. They could still be hitting on, like, that 40% chance where they're going to lose, and it hits relatively frequently. And, you know, that's just unlucky. Like, it's really not the best odds, but, like, it's not like it's Riga having, like, 99.5% odds to be beating Moscow. like. As like a lot of people who have been around the league for a while say, like that just wouldn't be fun if you were just giving out awards based on like TPE. Like you want to see how like the builds play out. Granted, that's difficult to really see in SDHS with so few attributes, but in like the SHL at least, like watching some of their sims and they have so many different archetypes and like attributes, it is pretty cool to see. Uh, do you think that beat the board of governors should have a different voting system for awards? I mean, not really. Um, I think like they honestly do fine in terms of like the actual voting process. I would like to see some blurbs as to why like certain people were voted in because I don't think like like Latang's had some pretty similar statistical defensive or statistical point seasons or like just like statistically similar seasons to other defensemen who have made like an all vhl team and he hasn't so i'm definitely interested to like read about some of those decision making processes just to know like you know what is bog looking at but i understand like you know they're gonna get criticized because people simply do that they during awards time you always know that people are gonna complain about a process if like one team that a user doesn't like for whatever personal reasons starts winning awards you know there's going to be a big like fuss about it it just it's always going to lead to some kind of problem and it's been it's been consistent around every award show season that i've been in like every time awards are presented there's complaining and it's the same similar arguments but you know it, it's the same as in the world the louder voices always make it seem like something is a bigger problem than it might actually be so i think that's just like what's happening with like board of governors award voting that people just complain and because they complain all like very loudly about it and it's just like a few section of people that people think it's an issue but i really don't think it is has Alex Latang hit the goals you've made for his career? Any particular things you're proud of with your first player? Um, I honestly don't really know if I ever set goals for Latang. Um, like I wanted him to be 
good, obviously. Like I think every every person hopes that their player was good. Um and he's managed to be above a point per game for his career despite really never being the number one defenseman on, on the team until last season. Um but even like during his time on Moscow, like always had above fifty points in a in a season. Um, over 10 goals, 40 assists every season, has steadily increased his hits every season as well. Um, always above like 130 shots blocked, so very solid defensively. I think last season was the only season in his career where he had a minus rating. Um, but overall, he's like plus 78 for his career. So it's just exciting to see, you know, like I'll appreciate that with, with, with Latang. I don't think he's ever going to make the hall of fame um just because he has absolutely zero awards but for first player pretty solid and you know have like learned stuff for for the next but i think that's like another question or this next question here what's the biggest thing you learned in your build for letang and um anything you'll look to improve on for your next player Honestly, this is going to be like a really weird thing. I, it might even be like really niche or whatever, but everyone always told me have your skating higher than puck handling. But I always found with Latang that he did better when his puck handling was higher than skating. Like five above skating consistently. Do you not understand it? Might have just been like psychological, me trying to like convince myself, but. I always thought that when I when I had puck handling like four or five above skating, Latang played better. So yeah, anything you'll look to improve on for your next? Definitely gonna monitor my scoring to passing ratio a bit differently. Um, Latang was like pass first through the M, and then when he got up to the VHL, like took scoring from like seventy five to ninety five in like the first update, and then like brought a bunch of other stuff up so probably not going to go past first again um i know like a little more about like the proportions of you know how you want attributes to be increased from spending time as like an mgm seeing like which players can do well and like which situations and all that kind of stuff so yeah that's just going to be the kind of thing that i like to improve on for the next one uh if you were alex letang's real life agent what do you think he would say to you finding out you're a dictator? Uh, so I'm going to guess that this is basically if I were Latang's agent, what would I say to the GM of Moscow once I found out he's a, he's a dictator? I mean, I don't really know. That's an odd question that I really haven't thought much of. feels like a bit too much role play for me to really answer. I don't really know if I would have to say anything to myself. The results are what matter, really. Um, and hopefully Moscow will have those soon. Do you miss bonking jigs? Okay, this, okay. The question he asked was, do you miss, miss boinking jigs? He is a minor. We have never engaged in that kind of activity. Um, bonking jigs. I don't, I don't think I ever bonked him until he became a gm he would bonk me for trading picks i definitely bonk him now like not even in like a cute way i've I've yelled at him a couple of times um 
being like, dude, figure out your trade values. Like, that trade was not it. So we've, even if I'm like not the GM and he's not my AGM anymore, like we definitely still have conversations from time to time about stuff like that. Uh, second last question, did you ever have a player rival between you and somebody in your draft class that you've considered throughout the course of your career a rival? Easily. Latrell Mitchell, Das Boot. And I think like we've talked about it on like his previous podcast. Um like when I was on the the boot cast, like we were talking about how our players, like we were in the same draft class. Um he was the first defenseman off the board at like third overall. I was like the fourth, third third, fourth, or fifth defenseman off the board at like eleventh overall. But um He's definitely enjoyed like a very strong career. He was traded to Warsaw um, like a season or two after they were announced as expanding. So he's definitely enjoyed being like the, the the lead man over there. I think he was traded to Seattle recently, so he's also enjoying being a leader on on that team. But you know, we always used to keep an eye on like each other's earnings. We we're like very close to like the TP leaderboards. I think I'm just like between like 10 and 20 TP ahead of him now. But I think like overall in terms of the career, he's been a bit more successful. Um, part of it I like to attribute on his like fortune with his career where he got to land up. Like I was the second defenseman on, on Moscow, always behind someone else while, um, I don't know, he's not on Seattle. Where even is he? Player list. Latrell. Oh, no. Latrell Mitchell. New York. Yeah, so... Yeah, actually, interesting. So he's played 457 career games in the VHL at 405 points. Watang has played 384 games, but has had 395 points. So 10 points behind him with like a full season fewer games than him. But he's won a wild trophy in um, 76, while I have a Boomchenko from the Miners. We both have, um, I think, two victory cups. Yeah, so both of us have two victory cups, which is nice. But really, we haven't had much other awards. But friendly rivals, I suppose. He's 218 TP. I'm 200. Um, or he's, sorry, 1,218 TPE. I am 1,233 TPE. So, yeah, I, I, I think he's going off on like one last run i think he's probably gonna retire this trade deadline because he doesn't he doesn't have anything banked at all um so he's probably just gonna finish it out here undo three four five six seven yeah he might end it season earlier all right so the last question here is it true that in order for you to fully be the dm of moscow and to continue and to continue the dictatorship you have to kill a man that is incorrect. I did not kill a man. However, two men may have been involved. 
Um, I mean, okay, but like, yeah, jokes, jokes aside, um, have definitely removed people from the organization, traded them away, or just completely cut cut ties with them uh, in the past two years of me being a GM, in which they simply weren't a good fit for the locker room. Um, I'm like generally pretty chill. I think anyone who's in like Vegas or Moscow now sees that like I run like a pretty loose locker room. Like if people want channels to talk about something, they can have it. We add like new emotes based on what people want. There's like random ass like bot commands. We yell at the bot all the time and like random shit like that. But the one thing that I don't really tolerate is like trolling within the team and like people just being toxic or not really knowing like where the where the line is at like making jokes versus like being disrespectful like where things cross the line. So definitely traded someone away from the team uh before we even played a regular season game. Um but you know, after after the trade, like we had a pretty good conversation as well, and you know, we've resolved it. Um, don't think he's active anymore, but um, yeah, like that was just like kind of like the first little message that I had to send to the team, like, hey, like I'm in charge. Um, like we're we're here to have fun, but I'm not gonna like take all your shit. Uh, and then second one was was this season. Um, had a member of the team who was bothering like a bunch of other users based on like what he would send in in the locker room. Received some complaints. I also was was not a fan. Um, and then eventually, I think like that player was just being like, for the fifth or sixth time in the locker room, being like really d- disruptive or like something. Um. And like he was asking about something, maybe something about like an extension. I was like, or something about like retiring. I was like, I mean, go for it. Like, we're not re-signing you anyways. Like, you're free to retire, or like go somewhere else, like free agency. Like, I'm not even gonna bother trying to trade you. I don't want any value out of you. Like, do whatever you please. I do not care. Um, then he promptly retired his player, recreated. I removed him from the locker room, and people have expressed that they were cool with that decision. So, yeah, two two people were killed, quote on quote unquote, killed um, in order to become the real dictator of Moscow. But I mean. And if the day we're all we're all just here to have some fun, and um, if if people are getting in the way of other people having fun, then changes have to be made, and I'm not afraid of making those changes. But yeah, thank you to everyone for these questions. I probably I'm gonna have to edit edit this because of the technical difficulties with the first part of recording. Um, not sure when this next podcast will be. But or even when I'll be able to release this one, but it was nice. I think it was pretty long. Might be able to get four weeks out of it, three at the least. And um, yeah, drop comments on anything you heard. If I asked any questions throughout this podcast, any replies to them, anything that was really stupid that I said, let me have it. Um, But yeah, take care, folks.